find your own way All you gotta do is just Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Showgirl Tip of the Day podcast. Today's guest is someone very near and dear to me, Kim Shriver. To know Kim is to love Kim, and I do. I first met Kim back when we were all young and hungry and auditioning, and Kim had a very special skill. No matter what contract we were on together, Kim managed to get everyone to do social things and hang out. I am not as extroverted as I am now. I was very introverted. And I have to credit Kim for bringing me out of my shell, wanting to do fun things. I still won't play cards, but I definitely have more fun ever since Kim Shriver entered my life. So (laughs) hi, Kim. Let me just say welcome to the Showgirl Tip of the Day podcast. And I brought you on here because You've had such an interesting career, and you're currently in a union that might be going on strike. So we're recording this mid-October, everybody. I will keep everyone posted as to what's going on. Kim, do you just want to tell our listeners what you do now? Tell us about the current situation with the strike impending. Well, I'm currently a hairstylist for television and film. And I um, work on a bunch of different shows. I day play currently and will probably I've been asked to join the the evil team, the show evil on CBS in November. Congratulations. So Are you going to join? Fun. Yes, it'll be very fun. I don't know if I'll be Good. there every day, but, but I will be there quite often, I think. So that's exciting because it's a super fun show. Day player. So day player means you're freelance and you just they call you if they need you. Yes. And it's all about who you know and and whether they like you or not. <laughs> Just like performing, right, Kim? Yes, exactly. Yes. I once said to my friend George, I said, you know, I would love to get a job where... I just go in and work and it has nothing to do with who I know. But I think that's every profession. Don't you agree? I totally agree with that. Yeah. I mean, moving up in the world is about who you know, I think. I love that you took a skill that you got from childhood because your mother had a hair salon, right? Yeah. My mom had a salon in our house when I was very young before I moved to Florida. And so she was doing, it was this cutest, cutest little shop and she has one, one employee and So she was doing hair when I was little and it was so, she didn't like the fact that I would come in and bug them. I remember actually the lady that worked for put me on top of the closet where all the clothes were so that Mm -hmm. I couldn't bother anybody. She stuck me up there so I couldn't get down. (laughs) But I'm sure just being in that environment, you picked up so much information. You had this talent. You used to give people haircuts when we were on the road. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. I, I always thought I knew what I was doing until I actually went to school and I was like, oh, this is it. This is what I was <laughs> supposed to do. You still gave a good haircut, though, I got to say. I lo- <laughs> and I love that you would do that for people because that's one of the things that when we were on tour, you couldn't just like walk into a place 
or it was basically our schedule too. We didn't really have the time to make all those beauty appointments. You just, you started doing this. And then what made you transition out of performing into doing wigs and hair for Broadway and then for TV? Well, I, when I got married in 2000, I was like, oh, I better settle down from doing shows whatever that means. I don't know why I even thought about that, but that really was like, I, I should, should stay home, I think is what I was thinking. And my friend, Jack Curtin, who's now the treasurer at, in our IATSE union was the head at Lion King. And so I wrote him and we had done a, sh- I had done Will Rogers with him as a performer and he was the hairdresser. And I used to go and sit and watch him all the time and just like, like soak in all the information that he was putting out. When I decided I should try to do something else, I called him and I was like, Hey, how do I get into the Broadway with scene? You know, I want to do hair on Broadway. Like it was no big deal. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the, at the time, the union didn't have a lot of hairdressers. They were like dying for people to come in. So Jack was like, please, I need a swing. I will teach you what I know here. The show is a lot of easy styling, but you have to learn how to pen wigs on and stuff like that. But I can teach you. And I was like, okay. So I went in and I, he taught me. And then he's like, you need to be in the union. So I'm going to take you over there to talk to them. So this is the craziest story because now it's so hard to get into union, but he walked me to the president. He sat me down. He's like, you like to do hair? And I was like, (laughs) yeah, Yeah, I do. I really do. He's like, great. You seem like a nice girl. You got $1,200. And I was like, "Um, yeah. He's like, okay, you're in the union. Was Fantastic. It. I, Which, I love this story. Oh my God. It was like kissing the, the, you know, the ring of the Godfather. Well, we know from our McHale's days, how these guys in New York, they're just they're When you try to tell people how they are, it's hard to explain, but they're lovable, but they're definitely, there's a type, you know what I mean? A New York stagehand, God love them. We all, you know, like we waited on them. We served them beers many a day, Kim, you and I, but that's amazing. That's amazing. From there, it was literally, everybody was looking for hairdressers and 42nd street was running and they had 10 hairdressers in the room. And so my friend Nadine Eisinger was in the show and she's like, please, Kim, you got to come over. We need swings so bad. Everybody's terrible. (laughs) So I was like, but I don't know how to style 1930s 40s wigs I don't know how to do that she's like it's fine just come over and meet the guy so I went over and um Mark Rantmeyer was the head of the department and he's he he used to be a performer so he kind of got me in that sense and he knew that I had worn wigs that I had done quick changes myself so I knew how to do that kind of stuff he's like because you know that I can teach you how to do the hair And so basically he taught me how to roll a wig, how to wash a wig, how to style a wig, you know, and really he changed my life pretty much in that sense, because um, from there, I just jumped from show to show. And I love that. I love that you were able to find something else in the industry and be able to transition and still be part of the scene. Now, let me ask you a personal question. Did you ever feel longing to be on stage when you were in the hair room doing wigs and styling them? You did. Okay. I was not at that time, especially I wasn't done with my career. I didn't, I wasn't like, I hadn't said, I'm never going to do this again. But um, so I would be auditioning with the people that I was putting wigs on at night. 
And okay. it felt really like I was not good enough. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes, because I, I was do. serving them at night. I certainly wasn't good enough to be competing against them. And so it worked a whole thing in my head, whether they thought that or not. I put that in my head, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Also, it's funny how it's funny how we talk to ourselves, isn't it? It's funny oh, how yeah. we we just like that we place limiting beliefs onto ourselves. Yes. Yes. And, and I'm, I, I mean, I'm sure I did it in the past. I remember looking at older dancers coming to dance class and be like, why are they, why are they here? You know what I mean? Oh, I remember that too. If God forbid, if somebody had a wrinkle, if somebody had a line, I was like, oh, oh, but that was me. And that was my immaturity. You know, I was, and I look at the young people now, you know, when I take class, fortunately, I found a group that are very loving to me and they're proud of me for continuing. But I think a lot of people when they're in their twenties, I remember feeling almost invincible. Like we were never going to age. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. When our faces were like flawless but I'm so grateful to be this age because a lot of my friends never got here. It's crazy. So the union Broadway, you have to be in a union, a musician's union, a stage hand crew union or performing union to be in a Broadway show. Right. And I guess the same is true for film and television, right? Is it IOTSI? It is IOTSI. Yeah. It's a different, um, actually, for my union, the hair and makeup union are the same union for film and television and Broadway. It's the same union. But IATSE is different. They have local one is I know that's the stagehands union for Broadway. Right. right. Yeah. I, so the, and, and then I believe they cross over to the make film and television. I don't think it's the same. Yeah. And then, you know, people like our friend Chris in San Diego, he's in a local out there and then Chicago has one. Right. But I think if you are in IATSE, you can go to different cities and work. As I recall, you just have to like check in with the local there and just tell them like, hey, I I live here now. I I think that's how that works. What what department you're in it does not work for hair like I can't go to LA and work on a union job they only they have local it's really hard to get into actually that's interesting because I have a good friend Barry Limo and Barry was in New York and he went to LA to work on pose Uh and so he he must have joined the union out there I'll try to get a hold of him what are some of the wonderful things about your new career and what do you like about it? Well, I from doing Broadway to going to this, I'll just tell you that part. I don't like doing nights and weekends anymore. So doing television, you work your butt off during the week, but usually on the weekends, you're free. So it gives me more time to see my family. Things that I, I like about it, I like the, okay, this is my favorite thing about television, <laughs> Um, because we're shooting all over New York City and in Queens and Brooklyn and other cities outside of Manhattan, I have seen so many cool, amazing places that I would never have seen if I hadn't didn't have this job. Isn't um, that funny? Yeah, really cool buildings and yeah, really, it's it's pretty fascinating. 
whenever I feel a little bit sad or bored or something, I play this game with myself. When I go into the city, I say, do something you've never done. Mm -hmm. And I've been in the city since 1990 and I can still, I can still do something I've never done every single time. Like that's the beauty about New York city is that there's something, there's so much to discover and we could spend a hundred years here and never find it all. Totally. Totally. It's really amazing. This city is so cool. John and I were trying to do that when we were both working on Broadway to eat somewhere different every time we went to dinner. Cause you know, you get stuck in a rut. Like if you're in Midtown, you eat in all the Midtown places, but there's so many amazing, cool places. And tell us about the things that are challenging in film and TV doing hair. Uh, Well, the hours are the biggest challenge. You you're guaranteed an eight hour day, but Almost every show I work on, even if I'm just day playing, meaning I'm just there when they need extra help, I'm almost always there 12 to 12 hours, 14 hours. The people that are there full time can be there even longer. So what basic, and I live in New Jersey. So basically I go into work often in Brooklyn or Queens, you know, leaving at 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning to go to work. Then I work my 12, 14 hours. I drive home, say hi to my husband. My daughter's usually asleep. Or if she's not, I have to go to sleep right away because then I have to get right back up at 4.30, 5 o'clock to go back to work. So the hours are really brutal and it's really tough on family life and feeling like you're connected to them. And has your family, I mean, I know your husband, we all were on tour together and I know your sweet, sweet daughter Have they been understanding or are they really just like they miss you? And I'm sure they miss you. Yeah, I'm sure they miss me. Uh, They're definitely understanding. I mean, my husband is musician, so he's been out of a Broadway show, not working, you know, prior to COVID for a little while, but then during all of COVID. So he's trying to be a real estate agent and make money that way. So he's super grateful for the work that I'm doing, but you know, it's hard. And Emma, She's at 12, so she's already pulling away from us. So I don't know if she misses me that much, but there are moments when I'm like, oh, she's hanging around me. That means. Yes. (laughs) I know. I used to cherish those moments too. When all of a sudden my daughter would be sitting next to me on the couch and I'd be like, oh, exactly. (laughs) Or she's like, mom, can you rub my head? I'm like, oh, I'm so tired, but yes, because I love you and I don't get to touch you. (laughs) Yeah. It's a wonderful thing what we do, but there's a lot of sacrifice that I think when, when people watch a show, I don't think they understand that for continuity and to get the show to have a certain look, like I I've been making a list of all the shows that I really like and just Uh for tone, for tone and for style and especially the period shows, there is a lot of work that goes into hair and makeup because hairstyles, especially of the 30s, 40s, 50s, they were not just wash and go styles. They were oh. setting, sitting yes. under a dryer, rolling, all kinds of things. And then I'm sure when actors are acting, you've got to maintain these styles. Um, yep. I have a quick question for you, though. How, what's the percentage of wigs on TV? If you're in a uh, current day show, the the percentage is a lot less. Unless they're African American, a lot of times they they 
wear a wig because they normally do in real life or they don't want to have their hair straightened or curled or whatever every single day. It's too much. If it's a current day show, then it's likely that there's not going to be very many wigs. But if you're on a period show, definitely there's wigs. I worked two different period shows this past season, a show called White House Plumbers, which is going to be on HBO. It's going to be a mini series and a show called Gilded Age, which I can't remember what what streaming service it's going to be on. Maybe Amazon. Both were period shows and they had a lot of wigs. I mean, people, they've, they cast people that have hair that works for whatever show they're doing, but it's not always correct. So, well, I remember you telling me I wanted to cut my hair real short, kind of like the style you have now. I wanted to dye it platinum and have very short sides. And you said to me, don't do it. You won't work. Yeah. That, that is a big deal for (laughs) actors. That's what's been fun for me, because now that I don't have to act, I can wear my hair, whatever. It's purple right now. That's one thing, too, I've been looking at is I had short hair last year and I'm growing it out to shoulder length just because I feel like I'll be a little bit more castable uh-huh. if yeah. if it's that length. My person I work out with, Kathleen Carter, she has long hair and she did two days on Maisel and they cut it. They do. They do a lot of cuts on that show. I could probably count on my hand when I was doing full-time on elementary or even the show, Tommy, the TV show, Tommy, I could count on my hand, my both hands, probably how many people had short hair of all. Okay. It's, it is a thing. So what do you recommend? Like shoulder length? Yeah. Shoulder length. I mean, first, for someone, you know, in their forties or above, Shoulder length is probably a good. Well, this is good to know because there's a lot of listeners out there of different age groups. What about diversity and inclusion in hairstyles? Are they training people to work with different hair textures? And I I know that that's been a big issue as of the, you know, forever, but is it becoming more and more? Do you have to go to any trainings or do you upkeep trainings to keep yourself like current of all the trends? It is a big, a big deal right now. And it should be a big deal right now. The amount of hairdressers that are a person of color is very low. But at the same time, I was trained, I went to school in Illinois in a very white area. So I didn't have the the clientele to learn on. So that that's been a big thing for me. And during COVID, I've been like trying to watch videos and learn as much as I can about textured hair because it's so different and it's, it needs to be treated differently. I mean, it's, it's hair. So everybody has hair, this is hair, but it's, it is treated differently. And so I'm trying to educate myself as much as I can, because I don't want someone to sit down in my chair and feel uncomfortable. And that's what's been going on for years and years and years for these people of color who sit down in a white person's chair and are, are worried that they, their hair is going to get fried or that, that they, the person doesn't know what they're doing. So that's not going to look good. And that this is their t- chance on television. And I, so I, I've been really conscious about learning and buying the right products and, I had a lady sit down in my chair last week who was like, it's so nice to see products in front of me that are things that I use at my house. And I thought, oh, that makes me feel so good because it, it just took a little pressure off how she was feeling about her hair and what was going to happen. Yeah. So it, uh, it should be, it should be taught. It's not, it's not the, the every once in a while there will be, IATSE will offer some class. I feel like it should be 
something that is required. Um, That's great. And you know what, knowing you as I do, I just know that you are someone who's always trying to make every single person that you come into contact with feel loved, accepted, included. And I was telling the listeners before you jumped on the call, I was a very shy person. When I was in show business, like the first few years, I would do my shows and not really hang around and socialize. And when you came into, I think the first show we did was the European tour of Course Line. And you called me up one night and you were like, let's do nails. And I was like, (laughs) oh my God, who's this? Who's this person? And you just, you really, you have something about you, Kim, that you make everything more fun. That's so nice. (laughs) You do. You do with you. Like we used to, I think we used to call you the cruise director. Do you remember? (laughs) Because you, you used to organize all these side trips and events. And I never played cards, but you used to have card games and a lot of barbecues when we all were home from the road and we started, you know, getting our houses and everything. It's just, I miss those days because I miss those fun things that we used to do. Like it was fun. We had a good time. Oh, man, we did. We had a lot of fun. And those are the memories more than being on stage. Being on stage was fantastic and performing and using our art and our craft and honing our talents. All of that was fantastic. But then there was this other element that I really cherish and I miss it. So I think about you. More than anything and more than performing is the community and that and that the feeling a part of a group and different personalities and meeting different people and like and doing those fun things together. I really that's what I miss about not being in the business as a performer anymore. And I'm sure with your current schedule, I'm sure everyone just is so exhausted from there's no time to like grab a burger after work. There's no time for that. Do you get fed? Do they provide meals? Yes, you get breakfast and lunch and breakfast is always called breakfast, breakfast, even if you're starting at two in the afternoon and lunch is always called lunch, even if you're starting having lunch at, you know, midnight, but they do supply two meals. And then there's what's called crafty, which is (laughs) a table with a bunch of yucky, delicious, bad for you food, and sometimes good for you food, always available. So there's food all the time, which is terrible for if you're at all interested in watching your weight. (laughs) Well, I can imagine this, especially when you get tired, you might want to reach for some sugar to just keep you going. That's exactly it. And for me, I, I gained a lot of weight when I started working in television. And for me, it was like, you're working a 14 hour day. You deserve to have something good. You deserve to have a Coke or a candy bar or, you know, mac and cheese. (laughs) <laughs> mm, that you sounds know, good though <laughs> I know all that sounds amazing yeah and then it sounds like your schedule you don't really have time to work out or fit in oh. an exercise program right yeah I I mean one day I did I woke up half an hour early I woke up at 4 30 instead of 5 to just stretch like do something yeah I just, I, it's so hard to like get your mind into that mind frame of it's okay that you're waking up to do something physical for yourself <laughs> because yeah. the rest of the time you know, I'm, when you get into work, you're working, 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 and then you sit and wait for something to happen for the rest of the day. It's really a sedentary environment. Is that the right word? Sedentary life. 
Tell us about the impending strike, just because I want the listeners, I have a lot of people who don't live in a big city listening to this. It sounds like the strike is about these long days and giving you all enough time for turnaround. Turnaround means the time in between your shifts. What is the understanding that you have about what's going to happen soon? From what I understand, the, the people that are, have voted to allow a strike are camera operators. So it's not, it's not specifically New York, IATSE, although we will strike with them in solidarity. It is uh, California and Alabama and some of the other states, their unions that have voted to allow a strike. And what they're striking about is that the producers, and it's, it's the producers and these IATSE unions, have, cannot come to agreement because what IATSE is fighting for is a, a maximum of a 14-hour day, which makes absolute sense to me because it's, I mean, they can go 17, 18-hour days. A proper turnaround, meaning 10 hours, 10-hour turnaround, meaning you leave work, you have time to travel home, you sleep, but you might have an hour or so with your family before you have to go to work the next day. Also proper turnarounds on the weekends, meaning that you get a full, I don't, I think, I can't remember the hours they're asking for, but what happens a lot on Fridays is they have, they call it a Friday, which means you work all day Friday into the early, early mornings of Saturday morning. So you're losing part of your Saturday for these Fridays. The other thing they're possibly going to strike about is that the new streaming services like Paramount Plus and Apple TV, even, even though it's been around a little while, uh, the newer ones, they're saying, this is still experimental. We don't know if we're going to make enough money with these, these platforms and to pay for these shows. So we don't want to pay you the salary that is the, the basic salary for television. So they're, they're, it's a lower rate. I think those are the three main things. And I'm not sure if there's anything else that they're, I can't think of, of anything else that, that are the main points, but they will strike if they don't get these things. Which and, I, I look, I think about these things and I think, yeah, it's time to set some rules because the consuming of this material is getting faster and faster and faster. So more content keeps getting churned out. Yes. But yet everyone is human and everyone needs to really just respect the fact that people need to sleep. And I've heard that some people, unfortunately, have gotten into accidents because they're falling asleep at the wheel. I can't tell you how many times I've fallen asleep on the way home. And That's even so during, scary, Kim. During the evening, like five o'clock, it's actually worse when it's that time because you've worked all day. You've worked 12 hours or whatever, and the sun is setting and I, I have dozed off many times and it's it's oh scary I'm, that's scary and you your commute home is not like on a country road it is busy 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 rush hour traffic Highway, yeah driving through Manhattan yeah. and then into New Jersey with crazy drivers yeah it's it's not good oh God, and there's no be other option. that's the other thing there's no other option because often when I mean I have a train that's near me but often when I have to be to work 
the trains aren't even running yet. So yeah. I have to drive. I, I thought about that too, because public transportation is great. But at the same time, who wants to be on the subway at three in the morning? Not me. And they do offer safety rides. Like if you're if you're called before work, I think it's before before 6am, maybe it's before five, they will give you a, a safety ride. They'll pay for your car. If you work more than 14 hours, they'll pay for your car. But what do I do with my car that's sitting at work, you know? So yeah. I usually have to drive home. I really admire you and respect you for all the work that you've done the last, I don't know, I think I've known you for 30 years almost. Oh my gosh. And I know it's fantastic. And we're still hanging in here. We're still in the business and we're still going for it. Tell us about your performing you've recently done. You've done some concert work. Yeah, that's so fun. Yeah. Well, I want to tell the listeners that you can do something as a way to provide for your family and you can love it, but you can also still stay connected to the performer that you are. You it, you didn't stop being Kim Shriver just because you went into hair, you know? Yes. I do feel like I am a, a, a different person when I'm in this field. I don't, I think I have to rein myself in a little bit and that's frustrating. Every once in a while, I get the chance to, to be who I am. I've always been. And a couple weeks ago, weekends ago, I got that experience. My friend lives in Asbury Park, New Jersey, and they do a porch fest every year, which they, anybody can volunteer their porch to have people perform on them. And then they print out a map of all the locations where there's people playing music. And she wanted to do a Broadway porch because they didn't have one. So, and I had done, I've done a few concerts of my own, like one woman shows. So I had the material and I was like, well, John and I can do it. And she's like, like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. And then I pulled in some other people and it just turned out to an, be an amazing day. And John was able to get a drummer and a bass player. So it just like elevated it to even a higher level, but I was living it, man. I, I stepped on that porch and oh, it just felt so good. It felt so good. Don't you appreciate the moments that we get to have now because sometimes they are a little bit far between. Oh yes. I, I know that when I get to perform, I really cherish it. I really like, well, yes, just enjoy every second of this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, the last time I was in a show was four years ago. I did Mama Mia down in, in Hilton Head, South Carolina. And that experience was so incredible because I was doing a role that was you know, on the easier side, I didn't have to worry about, you know, not drinking or not staying up late. So I got to just be a part of the cast. And that that experience fueled my soul for so long. I, I just had such an amazing time there. I would love for that kind of experience to happen again. But I will do my concerts until something like that happens. Yeah, I guess when we are in this phase of our life, there is a baseline of we can't really live out of our suitcase. We could, but we choose to live in a home. And so that is our biggest expense. And then I raised my daughter, you're raising yours. It takes a lot of we have to pay our bills. That's the baseline of what we're doing right now. But it's still we can still put the art into our lives. And we can still have some exciting moments. And I just think we just have to plan them a little bit more. Right. Definitely. Yes. I don't feel old. I still feel the same. I'm trying to keep my body in a good enough place where I was in a lot of pain for a long time. Like mm. my back and my hips were, I was like, is this the price I have to pay for 
kicking, kicking, you know, right. but luckily Kathleen Carter really helped me restore and recover. So I'm not in pain anymore. And just to be able to function without pain is such a huge blessing. So oh, I'm grateful. Sure. Yeah. And I also, I went to see Moretta's production of South Pacific. We have a friend, Moretta Munter, who's a choreographer and a director, and she choreographed this production and I wore an outfit and I wore Birkenstocks with it. And (laughs) when I was at the theater, when I was at the theater, I saw these ladies, these matinee ladies look at my feet. And I was like, listen, I I thought to myself, I don't care. Like I'm not sacrificing pain anymore. I'm just going to, my feet deserve to be treated with love and respect. And I'm, I don't care if it looks bad. I'm not wearing shoes that hurt my feet anymore. Yes. Yes. Those days are done. I hear you completely. I have so many. Before there's shoes in my closet and like I just like it's not worth it <laughs> I'm doing a big I'm taking a bunch of my stuff to a consignment shop this week and saying here you go I'm doing a clean out good for you I need to do that myself do you have any words of advice for anyone who is starting out in show business either on the cruise side or the performing side, anything you wish someone had told you when you first started? As a performer, I wish someone had told me to take lessons of the things that you don't feel as comfortable doing. Because I started as a dancer, I took dance lessons all the time, like dance, 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 dance. But I should have been taking an acting class because that would have made me more well-rounded and helped my later part of my career. So I wish someone had said, you know, you're really good at you're a great dancer. So just take one of those classes away and give it to something else that you don't feel as confident in. As a hair person, just make good connections with people because that's really what it's all about. Don't burn bridges, you know, be a be a good person and you'll you'll get the work because there's a lot of work to be had, especially now with all of the streaming services. Wow. That's great advice. I think, I think that there's so many aspects of our business and you don't have to be on stage to feel a part of it. And there's all, if you're good with lighting, if you're good with sound, if you're good with hair, wardrobe, all our friend Timmy does wardrobe and he's fantastic. I just think that we could really explore all these aspects of the theatrical and film and TV world. It's fun. Do you have any goals for performing? Do you have anything you want to still do? I, my husband is, we've talked forever about, you know, having a group and it just always falls to the wayside because we're trying to make money. But if we could gig out more often, that that's my goal basically is to, to gig out more often and just be able to have that euphoria feeling, you know, once a yeah. month would be amazing. <laughs> Yeah. Well, why don't you try to book like one Saturday or month somewhere? Yeah, that would be really cool. Yeah. Actually, I'm hoping that we can make some connections in Asbury Park because there's so much music there. That place is like Nashville. It's incredible. So Every restaurant has music, live music. I so love that. We can book something down there because it's only an hour from us. That's great. Kim, I know you're super busy, so I want to thank you for your time. And I love you. You're, I, love I you admire too. you. You're amazing. And I think I can't believe all the stuff you do. You're, you're like superwoman. I, I like to be busy and I like to, um, I, I had a real crash when my daughter went to college 
I miss her terribly. And I'm proud of her. She's living her own great life, going to school. I'm going to go see her soon in a couple months. There's a big hole in my life now that she's gone. And I realize, (laughs) yeah, it's not, trust me, start thinking of ways that you can be yourself again, because that's one thing. One thing I do appreciate is that I can take care of myself now, which it's not that I didn't, but you know, being a mom, your focus is on your kids. Yep. And when they leave for school or when they grow up and move out and everything, you've got like a lot of time back. So I said to myself, well, what do you want to do? And this podcast was a big part of it because I would like to very much phase out of teaching physical dance classes. I loved teaching. I love it still, but I look forward and I'm thinking to myself in 10 years, I do not want to be teaching physical dance classes anymore. So I'm trying to venture into coaching. Hopefully this podcast helps people and hopefully it will morph into something like a show or something like that, but who knows, but it's a step forward and it's a step into a direction that I haven't been in before. And then my own acting career, I really want to do film and television. So I'm working on that as well. That's great. Yeah. It's, it takes time, but, but you know, when we focus on something, it expands. And when we focus on something, you draw things to your life. I'm really proud of you for walking into the union president's office and saying, (laughs) yes, I want to be in the union. That's amazing. (laughs) You know, when you're younger, you're not scared of anything. So nope. (laughs) Nope. All right, girl, you have a wonderful day. I'll talk to you really soon. Thank you for asking me to be a part of your podcast. Yeah, I love it. I'm so happy you said yes. (laughs) Bye, Kimmy. Love you. Bye-bye. Love you too. Bye. Everyone, I'm so happy that we got a chance to speak to Kim Shriver. She's amazing. Her Instagram, let me see if I can find her Instagram. I think it's Kim Shriver hair. Let me look for it. Kim hairstylist 70. So you can find Kim on Instagram at Kim hairstylist 70. And she's wonderful. She has over 20 years of experience. And as a person, you just kind of want to meet her because she's fabulous. She's fun. She's professional. She's easy to work with. And I've known her for 30 years. So love, 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 love. Let's hope there's no strike. But if there is, I'm supported. Solidarity, better working conditions, safer working conditions, and making sure everyone gets enough sleep before they have to go back the next day to work. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Showgirl Tip of the Day podcast. We're going to continue our series on actors and alcohol. I'm compiling a few more stories and working on my own sobriety one day at a time. It's not the easiest thing. I still would love to have a beer now and again with some wings or a glass of wine with some pasta. But what I am avoiding is just the nightly bottle opening because I'm just sitting around. So working on things day by day, step by step. Love you. The Showgirl Tip of the Day podcast has original music composed by Joshua Holloway. Find him on YouTube, Joshua Holloway Music. 
This podcast is written by Michelle Bruckner and edited by Michelle Bruckner and Joshua Holloway. Find me on Instagram, showgirl tip of day. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again next week with a new episode. Oh,